My name is Tim. I won't tell you my last name. None of us will ever tell you our last name. Except for Jenna. If I tell you my last name, the Yerks could find me. Yerks probably aren't real. I'm reading a book that was written for middle schoolers. Welcome to Minds at Yerk. Guess what? It's my week to host again. <laughs> Hooray! I'm your, yeah, I'm your co-ghost, Tim. And with me, first we'll start with Meg. Hi, Meg. Hi. How are you? I'm, I'm good. Is that my question? Am I no, 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 no. Uh, okay. It's Tim building questions. Here we go. If you had your own talk show, who would be your first three guests? Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's a tough that's one. That's one. Like, if I could get anybody... Yeah, <laughs> Yes, anybody. I mean, if you go for the whole trinity, that's all three. You're done. <laughs> no, hang on. Okay, Chris Evans is definitely up there. Okay, Victoria Schwab. All right. Yeah, so your talk show might just last two guests. <laughs> I mean, there are plenty of guests, but like my first top three. I don't know. Why am I looking around like I can figure something? I don't know. I don't like this question. Okay, I will go with. K.A. Applegate, just because ah, of the podcast right. we're on. I like it. All right. And with us also is Alex. Hello. Hi, Alex. Alex, tell us, if a movie was being made of your life, what actor or actress would play you? I'm going to go with Jack Black, because that's the only actor I've ever been mistaken for in public before. No, I could totally see it. It'd be one of his more serious roles, though, I think. Would it? It'd be, it'd be a dramatic I mean, I mean, compared to his roles, probably. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I feel like generally I'm probably pretty on par with School of Rock. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That's a fair statement. Yeah. All right. Well, there we so, go. Jack Black. Yep. Skadoosh. Skadoosh. Why do we have to come up with three people and he only has to come up with one? I don't know. How about he also has to figure out who plays us in his movie? Oh, no, that's fun. Yeah, why don't we do that? Who would play me and who would play Megan? I feel like this is a trap and we should move on. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Too late. (laughs) I feel like this is a trap and we should move on. Tim's is very easy. Zachary Levi, circa 2007. Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. All right, so I picked me and you picked Tim. That means Tim gets to cast you. <laughs> okay. Hold on, I don't know any actors or actresses. I don't... Oh, this is so hard for me. This also blew up in your face. Yeah, it did. It did. It got turned around. Like, there's no right answer here, is there? Thanks, guys. Um, Feel the love. Scarlett Johansson. But only if she can have in-game hair, because... That's exactly what it was. Hair. Yeah. I was like, she has the same color hair as Meg. So that's what we're going with. My hair is brown right now, but okay. Alright, well it's not coming through that way on the <laughs> on my computer monitor. Alright, so we read book 20. The Discovery. What would you yes. think of book 20? I have been just so excited to get to this book since day one. Frankly... Six weeks from now, I don't know what's going to hold my interest anymore. (laughs) Ouch. Getting to the end. Yeah. I mean, I say this only because, as we have proven time and time again, my memory of the series is spotty. This is one of the the bright lights that holds in my memory of, this was cool stuff. (laughs) I was furious at the end of this book. Because it's to be continued. Yeah. I was you, like, what you, is that? Where did that come from? You didn't look on the... Actually, let's do an experiment right now. Tim? Yes. You uh, have your copy in front of you? I do. I want you to flip it over and look at the back. Okay. I am reading the back. Look for the bold part near the bottom. 
Oh, there it is. <laughs> it sure says part one of a trilogy, doesn't it? Yep. It does. Why didn't they compile these like they added the other ones? <laughs> <laughs> I was not prepared for that. <laughs> Were you like, man, this is getting really light for like still having to save the president's life and all that, right? No, I I didn't even think about it. Because you know how they sometimes sort of tie up quick at the end. I was just reading along, and then I get to a two-week-continued, and I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand. It is our first actual cliffhanger of the series. And uh, also, listening to the last episode, I got to the part where Alex says, do you think somebody else joins the team? (laughs) And I realized that was the hidden nugget. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the first time you've listened back and been like, oh, that's them giving me the... Usually, I listen to them before I read the next book. This time, I happen to do it in the other order. Like, I just had been pushed back. <laughs> and I was like, wow, they really did tell me what was going to happen in the book. And I was not even particularly subtle about it. I really nope. shoehorned <laughs> that one in. Yep. Yep. Uh, Again, I was very excited to get to this one. Yes, we have been secretly talking about the David trilogy behind your back forever. Uh, it's, it's got a name. It's the David trilogy. It is the David trilogy. Uh, it's a big deal. The David yes. trilogy. Yeah. Now I guess the question is, does David survive no. the David trilogy? No, I read about I, I don't know if it was about three quarters of the way through this book. I got to the point where I was like, David's a red shirt. David is not going to make it out alive of this thing. I don't think David's a red shirt. I actually remember what happens to David. Do you? I do. Yeah, I, he's, he's toast by the end of this trilogy. Well, before we start letting you make predictions, a thing yeah. that you are surprisingly excited <laughs> to do, why don't you tell us what happened in this one? All right. Book 20, The Discovery. Marco meets David. David has a morphing cube. The gang hatches a plan to get the cube. Eric the Chi stops by and mentions a summit of the world's most powerful leaders. Oh, and one is a controller. Rachel and Marco go with Tobias to get the cube. Should have been easy. David retains the cube. <laughs> David puts the cube on Craigslist and is going to give the Yerks his address. Marco and Axe go to stop a timed email. Marco ends up between a gun and a cobra. Marco acquires and morphs a cobra and eats Axe. Axe is poisoned, so he has to demorph. David comes home and gets grounded. <laughs> the Yerks show up and Marco tells the human to hide. The humans to hide. David's dad shoots Marco. Visser 3 is here and the fight is on. Rachel shows up in Bear Morph to save the day. Visser 3 morphs something called a Dule Fanza. Everyone escapes except Marco and David's dad. Visser 3 grabbed the wrong snake. The gang decides whether or not to make David an Animorph, and they give David a recap of the story so far. David doesn't believe it, calls home, and then sees the Yerks come. David receives morphing powers and acquires a golden eagle. The animal morph takes over, and David attacks Tobias. Cassie stops him and helps him get control. David kills a crow, and the president arrives with Yerks behind him. It's Visser 3's blade ship. They get the president's helicopter. Everyone but Rachel and Tobias gets in the blade ship and morphs roaches. David freaks out, and the Yerks spray pesticides. Visser 3 is going to acquire the president. The gang heads back to the helicopter before the Yerks can put it back and are sucked out of the blade ship. To be continued. A Dule Fanza, of course, is an alien race that is half Dule Hill, half Henry Winkler. <laughs> Dule Hill was exactly what I thought when I read that. I was like, that has to be how you pronounce it. Also, there were there was a moment here when I believed that Marco was absolutely talking to me. <laughs> okay. What was that? It happened on page four. It happened very, very quick gonna find it real quick and i'll read it to you so this is exactly how it went wait now i'm curious if i can figure it out oh yeah you can so is it the yes i know that's too many halves yes that's exactly what it was oh he says um because the only ones fighting the yurks are me four of my friends and a half horse half scorpion half humanoid andalite called we call axe so of course i stop reading i write in my notes that's too many halves marco (laughs) <laughs> and then I go right back to the next sentence, and Marco says, yes, I know that's too many halves. See, had Marco con- been writing to me, he would have said, no, I don't know what a semicolon is. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
he was apparently writing to me. That's fine. I feel like in broad strokes, this book is, see, Marco could be worse. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe. I feel kind of called out by this one. I don't know. I, Tim, do you think David's a bad guy? Or do you think Marco's just super paranoid? Oh, no, no, no. David's fine. Marco's super paranoid. Okay. That's where I'm sitting. Of course, we know how I am at predicting the future. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I don't know. I just sort of assumed that David was sort of Tobias-ish, and that's why Marco didn't like him. Like, it goes back to the whole Alex declaring that Marco punches down. I kind of figured David was a little bit of a punch down. So I he kind of picks on him a little bit. I think there are Tobias elements to David, but broad strokes... I think he's. I think he's just. What if Marco were bad? <laughs> yeah, that's. A, I, I don't. I don't think there's a real. Like, I don't know. I don't think there's a real issue with David. David's just a kid, you know. They're all just kids. Yeah. Yes. So, like, some of the things that he says, like Marco, you know, he makes that comment about, hey, you know what? When you've fought as many, you know, Yorks as I have, I don't know why he was getting upset at. I mean, I know why, but you know what I'm saying? It was like, that's not a real issue that you're making into an issue because y'all are both kids. Also, David has awesome pet names. (laughs) (laughs) He named his cat Megadeth and he named his cobra Spawn. Yes. Yes, he did. (laughs) Those are fantastic pet names. He also owns a cobra that apparently he never keeps in its cage. Which, by the way... David's dad is literally the worst human being for giving his child a cobra. I mean, David's dad it's probably like, feels a lot of guilt for working for the NSA and never being home. It's literally the 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 worst like thing that I've read in this whole book series. My dad let me have a cobra that I keep in my room. That doesn't have a poison sack. Still, it's still a cobra. Like I, I don't know. I can't get behind that. No, I agree. No, there's nothing that says that that cobra still doesn't try to attack you. Exactly. What'd you guys think of Marco's flirting? Uh, it made me crawl out of my skin. It's about as good it was as you very, think it would be from Marco. It was it's, it's... very bad, both in execution and in just, you know, how one should interact with other people. Yep. I also cringed every time females was used as a noun. Yeah. Maybe, uh... Don't pick appearance and names as ways to hit on random strangers. Maybe don't do those things that are just not good in the first place. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being, like, great shoes or something like that. But But that's not what he's doing. your shoulders are manly. Yeah. That's not great. If you want to compliment someone on appearance, yes, pick like an article of clothing or an accessory or something where you can put the compliment onto the item and not talk about another person's body. That is what I am saying. Yeah, I don't know if it reads just like a kid boy or if Marco's just really going to be bad at this for the rest of his life. Both. I was going to say the two are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. Very true. Okay. I have a question that's been bugging me. Bring it. This is when they were fighting in David's room. Yes. It was slashing. It was a slashing, tail-whipping madness that ripped posters from the walls and lacerated curtains and sent all the little toys and goo on David's desk flying. What is a goo-gaw? Tchotchkes, bric-a-brac, doodads. Is that a real term? Yes. Never once encountered that term in my life. I feel like it comes up very rarely. I can hear Alton Brown saying it. Did I say it right? Yes. Googles. I can hear Alton Brown's voice making the word Guga come out. It's not a word I particularly like. Yeah, I don't like it either. But it really messed me up because I'm like, what is that? You need to read them on an e-reader so that you can just highlight it and it'll be like, this is a word. Here's the definition. I should do that. Except I've eBayed all these books. so yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could also just... Google it. Yeah. It's all good. Did you see the dumpster? Way more. uh, Page 91 and page 92 both (laughs) had a capital D dumpster on them. (laughs) Okay. But if Tim Googles these things, it's less stuff for us to talk about on the podcast. Exactly. This is very true. Much prefer bringing it to Alex and and Megan to find out 
what I missed in my life. Here is my question. Did either of you get the Volkswagen da-da-da-da reference? Yes. Yes, absolutely I did. That was a great commercial. I definitely had never seen that commercial. Also, really, it's just da-da-da, not Mm -hmm. da-da-da-da. Marco got it wrong. I believe that band was Trio. Yes. Yeah. No, it's a yeah. German New Wave song. Mm-hmm. It's so good. From the 1980s. That Volkswagen that used to advertise the Volkswagen Golf in a commercial with these two dudes mm-hmm. who are driving around what looks like San Francisco. And eventually they see this sofa on the side of the road and they put it in the back of their Golf and they continue driving while still singing the song. And then it smells bad, so they take it out. And you hear a voiceover come and say, The all-new Volkswagen Golf for everything in your life or not in your life. <laughs> that was a fantastic commercial. I don't know how well it holds up. I didn't go back and rewatch it, but I can tell you that I remember that commercial, so it had to have been a great commercial. If I ever saw it, I definitely did not remember it. Um, It certainly feels of a time. Yeah. Probably true, and that's probably what I would say if I went back and watched it now. Yes. Let's just say probably German New Wave had its moment. (laughs) And that moment is in the past. (laughs) I'm going to go download that song right now. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't slap. I'm just saying that <laughs> we are not in in its historical time at all now. No. Probably the car with the hamsters? Probably, probably a little more time yeah. appropriate. I mean, I'm happy to say I feel at least a good decade removed from that one at this point. Is that the... I never can a, tell. Was that a Kia? I yes. Think it was a Kia. I think so, yeah. And it honestly hasn't even been a decade since it aired. I just feel that removed from that song. I don't even remember which song it was now. I have a friend whose dog loved that commercial. Whenever it would come on the TV, the dog would just become very still and trance-like and watch it. And then as soon as it ended, would go on about its way. Interesting. Yeah. So, a lot happens. There's yes. a lot happening in this book. There I is very much going on. Yeah, it's, it's wild that the stuff involving the president is kind of your B-plot for most of this book. Yeah. It's like there's enough here for a whole trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, this very much is, to me, like the Animorphs equivalent of that five-part Green Ranger intro storyline from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... it it, it Definitely when I first read this, it hit those same parts of my brain. Um, you know, you've got the kind of angry, edgy outsider coming into the group and seeming like he's not going to get along with them and... Maybe he's bad. But also it has that that weight of being something that could really be the first big thing to shake up what is basically episodic storytelling and move it into serialized storytelling. Yeah. Right? We learn parts about the world in Animorphs more so than Power Rangers that does... We learn things that do change our understanding of what's going on. But by and large, a lot of these books you could kind of read in any order as you find them. That's pretty accurate. Without much loss. I mean, you know, if you read book 19 without reading Megamorphs number 2, you might not get the whole, why is Cassie traumatized by having been a T-Rex? But it's still pretty episodic. More or less. There are some things, like, Marco's still shaken about the fact that Cassie quit and appears to be the only one. Yeah. A 
So guys, think... we're at book 20. Yeah, we're close to the halfway mark. Um, how'd you feel about Beacon Norma? About oh, what? Beacon Norma. That was uh, Jake's <laughs> little brother in the bathroom. Or that's what oh. his, uh, his, his disease was. I mean, it was the moment I expected to be. I think it was fine. I mean, as far as thinking on your feet to get out of that situation goes, I can really find no fault in it. There's a part of me that hears Beaconoma and thinks, mm, maybe not with cancer references, but like, I mean, they're kids and it yeah. sounds like even, a thing. Not even sure that they would have known that that was a cancer reference. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I mean, just, I think this is really just one of those things that like, as an adult in 2019, it sounds kind of funny. And as a kid in any time, like, no, that's a thing that would come out of your mouth with no ill intent. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. I the the whole scene was kind of funny though, like the idea of just throwing the sweatshirt over him. Yeah, and the fact <laughs> that he's like probably walking like a big one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where were they? A Burger King? I don't. Yes. Know. Yeah. They were definitely a Burger King because I, I I had this brief thought of, oh, I hope they don't fall into an interdimensional rift behind it. <laughs> uh, see, I had a moment of. Burger King fucking charged me the other day to add onions and pickles to my burger. It was very weird, and I'm still very not happy about this. Do they not normally charge you to add onions and pickles? No other place I've been to charges for onions and pickles. Actually, I thought, don't their hamburgers come with onions and pickles? Yeah, usually it's just like, I don't want lettuce and tomato. And they're like, okay, cool. And then you get everything else, which includes onions and pickles. And they're like, yeah, it doesn't come with anything but like cheese and ketchup and i was like cool can i add onions and um pickles and they were like it's 15 cents each i was like oh okay <laughs> i mean 15 cents is so little that i mean i guess at scale <laughs> I know. at scale that's gotta add up but that feels more just like insult than charge yeah, i know it was just like burger king makes like, like punk tier but okay burger like, king makes like eight million dollars on upcharge pickles every year yeah. Needless to say, I won't be eating a Burger King if I want a burger anytime soon. Also, Upcharge Pickle is the name of my new <laughs> wave German band. So how many of these blue cubes are in the universe, do you think? I mean, they've got to be pretty uncommon. Yeah. Um, simply because if there were many, it would be hard to keep them under lock and key. And clearly it's not technology that has gotten out. But it's got to be common enough that Elfanger was rolling around with one. So I would, I would figure that at most one per dome ship. And it would be realistic I that Elfanger so. could have snagged the one from his dome ship yeah, when he that. hopped in his, in his fighter. I'd buy that. Like it would make it sense. Standard. And it would make, yeah. I guess if they're gonna, I get, how long do you think a dome ship is out? Like, do they have like berths on the dome ship? I don't think they have berths because it doesn't sound like anyone on there is. Yeah, no, no. Of child, child having age. It also, I mean, we've yet to meet a female Andalite. That's very true. Um, we do know that Elfinger has a mom, though. We do. Uh, do we, we, wait, we, we know that these ships are designed to be, like, long-term habitable. Right. And to be fairly self-sufficient. I feel like there was something in Andalite Chronicles that implied, or maybe it's something Axis said, but I think it was in Andalite Chronicles, that implied that these ships would be gone for months or years at a time. Yeah. Um, so I would assume if you are training cadets, and they are, on this self-contained ship, you've got to have one to give your spies morphing power. Because yeah. they would also, like, as they are training Arists, they would pigeonhole them into responsibilities in the course of that. It wouldn't be like, well, welcome to the team. You guys go train just for this. You guys go train for that. It would start generalized. So I think it's got to be one per dome ship. I still feel like that's too many. I feel like that's probably too many, but it's definitely that's definitely the limit. 
We also don't know how many dome ships are really floating out there, though. But their culture kind of all hinges on making ships, so. True. So, I don't know about you guys, but I looked at the dedication page, because I look at all dedication pages, and was like... There was a middle school on here, wasn't there? Elementary school. Elementary school, yeah. And I just was like, I think this was the around the time that our eldest was at the oldest, like, a year old. Yeah. So I googled, and they apparently asked if they could get a dedication in the book, and she agreed. Oh, cool. And there's also a kid that asked if uh, he could have a character named after him, and Justin Mullins is in chapter one. Okay. I like this kid. He beats up Mar- or chases away Marco. Yeah. He does, yes. Justin Mullins is a boss. That's kind of cool. It was weird to hear anyone's last name other than, I guess, Chapman. That's true. There's no Chapman in this book. No. I do wonder about Axe's intelligence, though. Yeah? It's probably just a writing inconsistency more than anything, but, like, Axe has been to a pool before. Yeah. Like, they chase girls around as mice, I think? Yes. Wasn't, so, like... Wasn't that before Axe? That was no. Megamorph's one. Yeah. Was it? Yep. Because yeah. he talked Axe into doing it as, like, a learning experiment? Yeah. I don't remember. But it could still be that maybe just X doesn't understand why there's That's a pool. Fair. And Marco does use the phrase, like, no human pools. And maybe yeah. adding that modifier implies some sort of, oh, Well, is then he this... asks, do they use them to regenerate or something? Is this where humans are born, I think is what he asks. Are they born into pools? It was a weird phrasing of it, but yeah. Yeah. But I also feel like we can now rule out that maybe Marco's dad is not a controller. Why is that? Okay, so David's parents get taken in and they're like, well, you are now a homeless kid. You cannot go back to school or anywhere else you like. So uh, come spend the night with Marco, even though probably every controller is looking for you and has a picture uh. of you. Not that it's really smart because they fucking move him to Jake's house after that. So it's like. Yeah. Dumb kids all around. (laughs) Alright, I found the pool thing, by the way. Look for a pool. It was sort of kidney-shaped. A pool? A yurt pool? No, just a human pool. I've never heard of such a thing. Are they necessary for reproduction? No, but they help you get friends during the summer. He knows what a pool is. Maybe maybe he just enjoys yanking Marco's chain. Maybe (laughs) at this point, Marco has done so much of the... I'm going to teach you the ways of the world, Axe, that Axe has caught on and is David. now just like really, really messing with Marco and asking him intentionally dumb questions. I do like that he is convinced that he has his human morph under control. He is the best human. He controls that mind. No impulses. <laughs> and he'll... Keep saying that right until he is offered into the back of the Cinnabon to have one. Yeah. One what? He doesn't know. So the crow thing did seem weird to me. Oh, you mean David killing killing for sport? Yeah. Like you were talking about David. Like, no, I I still think David is harmless, but that did seem like... Well, he didn't let the eagle take him over. He just, he did that, you know? I think David is harmless, except when he feels like killing for fun. Yeah. It, it's sort of like, what was so that? So you think he actually killed the crow and it wasn't just I, the... Oh, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah. He, he wasn't he wasn't taken along for the ride on that one. Like, maybe the eagle did it, but he definitely didn't say, no, eagle, don't do this. Yeah. He was like, let's let's ride. Let's get this thing. Uh, this is on the heels of his making the the very, I think, telegraphed choice of, or the very, maybe telegraphed is the wrong word, but the very, the, 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 obviously it is, it is an important moment kind of decision of, well, you can have this small, agile bird, or you can have the strong, powerful thing that right. is less useful. I don't know. I don't know. I, I kind of understand his argument there of like, you didn't, did he... Did Jake tell everybody, you know, what you have to morph into? Or did you get to pick your animals? And yes, I understand. But if you were looking at two birds yep. and your parents just got taken by aliens, I would also want something more powerful. Agility be damned. Mm-hmm. See, I 
I under look I understand the piece of the argument that is did he tell you all what to take? But I mean, you come in, you come in hot-headed, you come in not listening to the advice of the people who've been doing this for I don't know, probably a good 6 months. We 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 mentioned a couple of episodes ago that we hadn't heard them talk about cool weather yet, but they do in this one. Um so some time is passing. Uh, I don't know, it's, it's, to me that reads as an important moment, that is, this is the first choice he has to make, and the choice he is making is to be, in a way to be a loner, in a way to, to say, I am doing the thing I want, not the thing that makes sense for the team. After you hear Axe say, you know, we want someone who we know will be a good fit. I did like the discussion of what they were going to do with, with him. Yeah. Not that there was like another option presented, but I don't I, know. I love I, that we got that bit of dissent from Axe. Just yeah. By the yeah. way, yeah. Uh, I'm going to do whatever you say. No vote. Okay. Well, then I say no. Yeah. 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 And here's why. Sorry, I just wanted to. So I didn't have to go back. I don't know. I really wanted to read all three David books. I do like this trilogy. Yeah. And I didn't because I wanted to not accidentally say anything about the other two. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, I don't feel... <clears throat> David is a loner in a different way than Tobias is. Yes. And he's been to so many different schools. And, like, by the time I was reading these books, what year did this come out? This 98. Out in 98. So I was actually moving to at some point during this year, which means that, that would have been my third or fourth elementary school. I can't remember how many I actually attended. I get that whole new kid feeling. I mean, I actually, I made friends and, and thankfully like had after school activities that allowed me to keep certain yeah. friends uh, until I moved to But I don't know. I kind of feel where David's coming from, where it's like this protective. Well, and I, I've never been the new kid. I've been the loner. And I get the baggage that comes with that side of it. And I'm not saying that it's not a realistic choice he would make. I'm just saying, I mean, you get back to back a couple of pretty specific moments. And as much as I like to rag on Marco, Marco is like one of the couple of best people readers on the team. Yeah, Marco is very calculated. Um... And when Marco says, I mean, to some degree, like, if Marco says, I recognize this and I see through him, like, that actually does come with weight. Especially in a Marco book. Well, he didn't say it to anybody else. No, but he said it to us. Yeah, I don't, like, it's still, like, everything you said is accurate. And it's probably how I should have read this as, as you know, Marco's right. I don't know if I got steered away or if it was just me being who I am that it just, it never entered my brain that Marco could be right about this kid. It just seemed like Marco was being, I don't know, negative. Well, but, okay, you say you should have read it the way we did, but the whole thing is, it is meant to be ambiguous. Yes, yeah, agreed. But and like in the same way that, like, Meg said, you know, it's like when Marco rags on Tobias. Yeah. Like, this is a pattern of behavior that could just be Marco being Marco. Which is where I yeah. took it. Yeah. I, I think that read of it is perfectly valid. And, like, you know, he doesn't want a new kid around his friends. You know, like, that kind of a, I don't know, a mindset. Yeah. You know. Tim, are you a glass is half full, dude? Uh, that is situational, but I'm going to say for the most part, no. Really? I think Yeah, I think I'm a pretty, I don't know. It's interesting because you can look at it a couple of different ways. Like me and Alex even had that discussion one time when we were talking about politics. And he said that, you know, what I thought of myself as being pessimistic was him thinking that I was overly optimistic. And so yeah. it's it's like, uh, maybe I am a, a more half full person than I like to admit, but, but 
I, I tend to think of myself as a half-empty person. I guess the better question is, do you try really hard to see the good in people? Is that what's going on here? I think, but, okay, I don't think I try really hard. I think that's that sort of my... Wrong, sure. yeah, that's I am sort of dumb, and that's my default setting, I think. Is the, <laughs> I was like, hey, new okay, person. Jake, they, right. Yeah, they must be good. Hey, good person. Like, that's... Tim is actually a Labrador. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> I find it hilarious that you keep, like, on these BuzzFeed tests, you keep getting, like, yeah. leaders. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Right. Tim is officially Jake. That's yeah. fine. It's fair. Yeah. Technology is ever-evolving. It touches every part of our lives, both influencing and being influenced by society. I'm Ian Arbuck, and I know it's hard to stay on top of everything you need to know to live in this digital world. That's why, every month on The Extra Dimension, we explore a different aspect of the technological convergence. Find it on our website, thenexus.tv, or by searching for The Extra Dimension in your favorite podcast player. Speaking of leader... Started my own cult this week. Oh no, we are not. (laughs) (laughs) I have official positions lined up and people that have joined. I just need to come up with a little bit of money. I somehow have become your butler. Yeah. A series of events (laughs) that I still don't quite understand how I went from uh, image consultant to butler, (laughs) Butler. but here (laughs) I am, sir. Uh, I, I am going to go ahead and put out that everybody should join my cult because we're getting enamel pins made. There you go. If for no other reason. How can people join your cult? I don't know yet. By joining our the, Discord. That would be the first place to start because we have a Tim's Cult channel now. Yeah. But in terms of official membership, I don't have oh anything God. set up. I'm so glad I'm editing this week. <laughs> oh. Uh, okay, uh, we should probably move on from the the cult, <laughs> the um, stuff that's going to get cut out anyway. Yeah, <laughs> you know, while we're while we're in the segment, the segment that Meg's going to cut, can we just talk about the return of Axe's Vor predilection? No, we are not. We're going to talk about how awesome David's dad is. We don't oh, want to I... talk about Marco eating, swallowing, no. Mar- swallowing oh, Axe no. in a single gulp. <laughs> not if we're like talking about it in that fashion. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about how great David's dad is, I guess. You know so what? how how great is David's dad? I really like David's dad, but you guys are being awesome. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing new, but he did shoot Marco. That's true. Actually, you know, I'm with Meg on this one. David's dad is great. <laughs> My favorite response is, I knew it! I can ground him! Yeah. <laughs> there are aliens are here, aliens? but I've caught my You're son grounded. skipping school. Yeah. Yes. Also, hey, change your goddamn computer clock. Yeah. I is don't it, get to throw stones don't... on this one. Um, <laughs> Tim has ridden... No, you've both ridden yeah. in my car. Yep. You are familiar with my clock. Yeah. Yeah. So... I drive a car with a clock that uh, about every, you know, couple of months, every few months, adds a minute. And when I got the car, I set my clock about five minutes fast. And now my car, because I decided, well, you know, it's picked up a minute here, it's picked up a minute there. This way I can't just, like, automatically subtract out the five minutes in my head. My car currently runs 56 minutes fast. (laughs) And I mostly, at this point, am looking forward to the day when we can spring forward and I can just not touch my car's clock and it be right. You're the only person I know that naturally lets daylight savings time affect him. <laughs> just over time. My car has a circadian rhythm and I am not going to be the person to stand in its way. Is this book about the dangers of the internet and why you shouldn't give your address out to people on the internet? I think this book is about the dangers of Craigslist. Yeah. Craig, he didn't use Craigslist. Craigslist did not exist back then. Yeah, but he used okay. every, every time e- equivalent. 
whatever the equivalent would be. This is this is the book about the dangers of going into an AOL chat room for people who want to buy a weird blue box with alien writing on it, and then giving someone your address, which he says he's not dumb enough to do, and then he does. Yeah. He's not dumb enough to do it while he's at school, so thus they can come and steal it while he's at school, and he doesn't get paid. Yeah. But he's still dumb enough to do it, which I think was Marco's point of, you didn't give them your address, did you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're dumb to give your address if you're 12 years old. Did anybody check Craigslist to see if anybody was selling any weird blue boxes? I'll do it now. No. Okay, I was about to say, I sure didn't. I didn't think of it till right now. On it. I mean, by this point, it could be a Tesseract, so, you know, (laughs) whatever. Could it be a real Tesseract? Who is he showing? Like, he's a new kid in school, and he's just, like, what, walking around with this blue box? Yes. Like, wearing a sign that says, I'm a new kid, ask me about my blue box. I would get a very Dr. Manhattan vibe from that. Okay. I mean, I would I would assume that something had gone terribly wrong in the Doctor's regeneration, and he was now a teenager, and his TARDIS was in panic mode. I kind of prefer that over maybe David walking around naked. Oh, there's no maybe. There's no maybe. David's definitely nude at some point in this. Yeah. Because he doesn't have morphing clothes yet. That happens. Yeah, if he survives into the next book, then maybe. He definitely had to demorph on the blade ship. He definitely is running around the blade ship. Oh, that's true. I forgot about completely that. buck naked. <laughs> forgot about that. That makes that sequence actually even better. He is screaming. <laughs> he is under Marine One, nude, screaming. Yeah. Which I think is the perfect moment for us to talk about our casting for David. <laughs> which we me and alex weeks ago came up with this and it has yes. been very good not to like spoil the shit i but claim also, credit for this one because it, i believe it went i believe the conversation started meg said who would such and such play and i'm like david it has to be who david would, who would who play what, you broke out what's there. great is when we talked about it in the episode my friend texted me and was like so this guy is gonna play david right and i was like yes who are we talking about? Guessing. Who do you think we're talking about? I don't know. You broke. Of children actors in the world. We haven't said the name. Oh, okay. Okay. Recent child actors that we are in love with. Not in love with. Oh, the obsessed number, with. number five. There yep. Oh, yeah. Nope, that's pretty good. Now I need everyone to imagine this book playing out with number five as David and the kid who plays Alex on one day at a time as Marco. That's very good. I like that a lot. So here are some blue boxes you can get on Craigslist right now. Oh no. A Yeti cooler. Okay. A blue Yeti microphone. Alright. Okay. Inbox. Um, a cobalt blue gold porcelain oval dresser trinket box. Which is actually kind of pretty. <laughs> a child sports car bed in blue with box spring. I'm just going to keep going until someone says that's enough. That is more than enough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No TARDISes or Escafil devices. A phrase we have yet to use on this episode. (laughs) 40 minutes in. (laughs) So, what other options do they have with David? I'm sorry, Tim. I keep stepping on your toes. No, no, no. You're fine. You go ahead. But I mean, seriously, what options do they have? I mean, I remember what happens to him, so I am just going to tap out on this one. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about they're sitting there. He is unconscious. They have the blue box. His parents have been made controllers. They have the options of leaving him to be found and become a controller, hiding him with the hork I guess, but also having to then explain that maybe these aren't evil hork that were in his bedroom. I look forward to the sitcom that is two hork raising a human child, personally. It will happen. Kind of a reverse Harry and the Hendersons. I just feel like they're not quite thinking it through when suddenly there's seven people or seven animals and acts. And then like Visitor 3 having to be like, I can count to seven. You know what they, Which one's they could have they they could have done? 
they could have not sucked getting the morphing cube in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm glad you say that, Tim, because this whole predicament is all Marco's fault for it, showboating and not 100%. just letting by not letting Tobias do his thing. One hundred percent. One hundred percent true. Also, the fact that Tobias streams in Clue movies <laughs> and stuff makes me love him so much more. One plus one plus two plus one, or one plus two plus two plus one? <laughs> Miss Scarlet, go join Mr. Plum. There him. is a stage adaptation of the movie script now. Oh, yeah? The, the, the stage play that has existed, the musical, is not an adaptation of the movie. The original screenwriter... Who also wrote My Cousin Vinny. Clue and My Cousin Vinny were written by the same guy. Hmm. Has adapted the movie for stage. That's good. Yeah. They show it at the draft house like once every six months to every nine months or so. I've seen it on the big screen a few times. It's delightful. Also, maybe Tobias and I could have been friends. Yeah. It'd be fun. There you go. It's $20 on Etsy. (laughs) You're going to buy the cube on Etsy? I am, and I'm going to paint the funny markings on the sides i think you do that yep what do those funny markings look like tim i don't know i'm gonna have to find some fan art or something <laughs> i thought you were just me like some funny markings yeah <laughs> okay but seriously i mean they could just leave a note like hey don't go home your aliens your, your parents have been body snatched by aliens if you do you'll wish you'd listened sorry kid bye-bye yeah, I don't yeah. I don't know that there's a way out of this thing where you don't actually tell him something, you know? Like I, I mean I think you'd have to give him something either that or completely lie and I think it'd be harder to come up with a lie that seems reasonable than Okay, here's here is what I would do. Find some chloroform. Keep him unconscious long enough to drop him on Eric King's doorstep, ring the bell and run. You don't have to do that, but yes, I don't know why they didn't ask Eric to help. Yeah, that's he is a good the point, cheese actually. problem now. <laughs> Just like pen a note to him. <laughs> Not it. Yes. Finders keep. You've had a rough day, kid. Here, go play with all the puppies. I mean, yes, go let them live in the puppy area. You cannot be any ambiguous evil if you're playing with puppies all the time. The cheese problem. That's a the good album problem. name. Yes, the cheese problem. That's my first, the first yep. album from my German New Wave band. There you go. Which is called something about pickles. Yeah, I've already forgotten. Pick, pickle up charge. Pickle up charge, that's, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, oh, another bit of pop culture in this one. Okay. The segue there going da-da-da to da ba dee da ba die to blue to blue Superman. Uh, in case you're wondering why I suddenly went here. At one point, someone mentions not not being into the new Superman. Oh yeah, yeah I was, was the new trying to figure out is that is this the time that Superman died? No, this was the time that Superman was split into basically Hawk and Dove Superman, an angry red Superman and a logical chill blue Superman ah. with electricity and radiation powers. Uh, that were, like, different facets of Superman, both vying for Lois Lane's affection. It is not exactly a beloved time in Superman history. (laughs) Um, Although the blue Superman is the version of Superman who was in Grant Morrison's JLA run when it started. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I wondered what that was a reference to, and I was trying to get my timing down for, for when exactly Superman died. I thought it would be well before this. No, he was blue. Well, yeah, yeah. The the dead Superman was in the 80s. Um, You've probably, I'm sure, seen pictures of blue Superman. Um, He was also... Red and blue Superman were also referenced in uh, the Rebirth stuff as pre-New 52 and post-New 52 were merged back together. Kind of the mystery leading up to that one was always viewed in blue energy and the other was always... Uh Viewed in kind of red energy until they were reunited. This is red and blue Superman. Oh, I do remember this a little bit. Yeah, It was a bizarre time in Superman. There was a lot of dramaturgy for this book, huh? Goo-gahs and Superman and da-da-da. 
There's also Mbop. Well, yeah, yeah but we, we referenced... There was a reference to Mbop in the last book, wasn't there? It was Hanson, and it might have been two or oh, yeah. three books that it's happened now. I mean, yeah, Hanson was really big during this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even I owned that CD. And I am I the worst at popular music. I did not. Oh, I loved Hanson so much. I knew all the words. Also, the fact that Cassie doesn't know the words to the Star Spangled Banner is concerning. <laughs> I think we should all three sing it right now. No, I don't sing. I could, but... I could, I could literally write you the words on a piece of paper. I guarantee you, if I wrote it three times in a row, I'd screw up the order all three times, and each time it'd be wrong. I had to learn it in fifth grade as a poem and not as a song. I'm, and then I also was in marching band for four years. I might remember it better if I had learned it as a poem. But I promise I jumped to the wrong line every time I attempt to go through that. I mean, I have an easier time learning songs than poems. See, also, any time I was made to memorize Emily Dickinson. And, hey, any kids at home in high school English, here's a pro tip. You can memorize any Emily Dickinson song to the tune of the Gilligan's Island theme. Mm-hmm. And that is what I did. Because I could not stop for death, he kindly stopped for me. Etc, etc. Why did you have to memorize Emily Dickinson? You'd be surprised. Um, Because that's what my AP English teacher required, because it was also American Lit. Hmm. I mean, we had to memorize a bunch of poetry. Including that and the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, the year before I had to re- had to memorize a bunch of Shakespeare. I can do half not a Jew eyes right now if you want. No, that's okay. Okay. Merchant of Venice, Tim. Okay. Yeah. Are we, uh, are we ready for animal facts or did y'all have some more stuff you wanted to go over? I had at least one other thing. Okay. Let me pull it up. Because I felt, as the person who identifies with Cassie, felt very seen by this. Uh, Cassie was trying too hard in this book. When do you guys not feel like Cassie is trying too Mm -hmm. hard? No. I don't ever feel like Cassie's trying too hard. Cassie's very Cassie. I feel like Cassie is like Cassie on caffeine pills in this book. She feels guilty. I I guess. But I am talking about the... Do it, David, she said. I know it's creepy, but it's better than being dead. Besides, we've all done it. Marco has done it. He's not screaming like a baby, is he? Aren't you as tough as Marco? I'd never seen this exact side of Cassie. She's always good at understanding people. It hadn't occurred to me that she'd be good at manipulating people if she had to. And I, I, I identify with this. It's that little bit of Slytherin. <laughs> it's not manipulation if it helps everybody. Um, I don't think that's how manipulation gets defined. I it's how Travis McElroy defines it. I'm okay, just gonna well, attribute it to Travis McElroy. Anyway, I felt very seen by the empathetic one also being manipulative if they have to, and that's all. That's part of having empathy, is that you can understand it and use it if you need to. To better the situation or to your advantage. Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't so you better mm-hmm. our situation to our advantage and tell us an animal fact, Alex? Well, I actually am going to flip the script here a little bit. I have a special treat for animal trivia this week because we have a reader sub- or a listener submission. Okay. A listener by the name of Jen, not Jenna, who is on the show, um, a different Jen, submitted the following with the subject, you're going to have to update your spider trivia page. No. <sighs> Jen writes, you guys have talked a lot of, about a lot of good spider facts, but I've noticed that you've never mentioned the business idea of spider silk. Unless you have it, I'm forgetting. We have it. Spider silk is very elastic, and it has a tinsel strength that is incredibly strong of Kevlar. 
she quotes, citing an article. She continues, it's beautiful and also so strong people want to figure out how to use it for armor, but super rare. Just get yourself some golden orb spider morphs and make a ton of money, probably. Alternatively, do you think if you acquired one of those genetically engineered goats that produce spider silk, that morph would be able to produce it too? I'm going to say yes. If it's been genetically engineered, that should pass on. What do you guys think? I think so. I guess. Yeah. Uh, she also mentions and, and, and clarifies here that she is a fashion designer and has learned all of this in a class about textiles. She mentions as a postscript another idea that there is an animal in South America that's super hard to get fibers from called a vicuña, which is related to llamas and alpacas. It's super cute and ridiculously soft, and it's the most expensive fiber in the world. Morph that shit, be cute, get money. <laughs> that, I like. and, uh, that I appreciate. Thank you, Jeff. Provides a source for that as well. So yes, morph that shit, be cute, get money is better than anything I've said in this episode, at least. Uh, I was about to say, that's, that's definitely yeah. bumper sticker worthy. Yeah. <laughs> I think. So That's pretty fantastic. Thank you, Jen. I do appreciate the last half of that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I will reset the spider counter to zero. <laughs> um, I did try to figure out how frequently the snake venom replenishes, but it's not easy. And also it leads to how often can you milk a snake, which I'm kind of afraid to know. <laughs> which is something in D&D, so I'm not sure how that relates at all. But uh, yeah. Why I will not stop milking snakes. Are we milking snakes on a regular basis? Yes, we, we aren't. We are <laughs> no, not doing snake that. venom has people? snake venom has a lot of medical application, including oh, being necessary for getting their venom. Okay. Yes, this is this is not a a snakes have nickel nipples. Can you milk them? What <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's a dumb way to phrase it. <laughs> you, you, you milk their fangs. You cannot, you, no. You milk their fangs. There does need to be another term for that. There does need to be another term for that. No. If you cannot call something milk unless it comes from a mammal, which I think the FDA is trying to actually put into place, well, then you cannot use the term milk for the, venom. The dairy oh, farm lobby is trying to I manipulate mean, a very yes. business-friendly FDA that doesn't care so much Thank about you. regulation I'm to put that aware, in place. Yes. And I'm going to say this. The day that we can't use the phrase nut milk is a sad day. Theoretically, you're not supposed to know. Yeah. Adventures right. of a snake milker. <laughs> Did we have any listener questions or podcast reviews? Uh, well, that was our one listener submission this week. Uh, okay. There were no other questions sent in. We do not have any new reviews. Okay. Right. I do know a lot of people are excited about the David trilogy, though. So yeah. Well, I am next time around. I'm yeah, excited. if you've got questions for us, get those in there. You can email us. You can go on our website and submit there. And hey. Submit animal trivia, too. Let me be lazy. <laughs> I'm excited for the rest of the, the David trilogy. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I so, hope we record soon the second episode so that I can go ahead and start reading this. <laughs> Are you ready to make some predictions? Oh, I was going to try and squeeze in the outro like real quick before you got to No, it. we're never going to not let you. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm sorry. And okay. I'm going to tell you now... You are on your own for this one because the, the the description teaser in the back of this book has nothing that I can mad lib. Okay. All right. So it's a trilogy. And David's going to die, but David's not going to die until book three of the trilogy. Okay. Um, at some point, Visser 3 is going to end up morphed as the president and in some situation of power and they're going to have to stop that in the next book so book 21 yes which is a jake book yes is called the threat yes. what do you think the the threat 
in the title is? Um, I, I mean, I'd have to say that the Mr. Three as the president. Mr. Three taking a position of leadership. For this trilogy, can we have Harrison Ford as the president? Yes. Absolutely. So, as I'm understanding it, you think David's going to join and be perfectly peaceful, and no, I think David's... they're accidentally going to get him killed, or he's going to sacrifice himself, or something like that. Not like David's coming on and going to be like turn evil and a bad guy, and then they have to kill him. No, 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 no. David's going to get killed. Okay. Yeah. I don't think David's going to switch sides. What do you think is going to happen to the cube? Destroyed. That's that's not going to happen in the next book either. That's going to happen in book three. And it's going to get destroyed somehow. Uh, we learn in this one, just a drinking you know beam will do it. Yeah, the, uh, the Animorphs are actually going to be the ones to destroy it. Because okay. it gets to be where Visser 3 is about to have it. And they can't let that happen, so they end up destroying it. And then, Just to be clear, you only think David's going to die of all the Animorphs. Maybe Axe, definitely David. Yes, yes. Okay. No, by the end of two books from now. By the end of <laughs> book 22, David is toast. Okay. Yeah. And you don't think there's any chance David survives this? <laughs> no, none. I, you know what? The more y'all ask me, the more I question it. But no, this, this, this is, as I read this book, when I put this book down, <laughs> David is dead. No new hawk buddy for Tobias? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> I do like how Marco introduced Tobias. Like, they... Marco is very, very, like... You need to understand the stakes of this war. Yeah. And everybody's like, hey, chill out. And he's like, no. Yeah. Because David thinks like me, and I was not in this war until I realized my mother... Yeah, but how often do we see it? And it happens in every book when everybody withholds some information or lies yeah. or candy coats something, and something terrible happens because of it. And Marco's like, no, look, this sucks. And it's no, bad, that's and you're going to have a hard time with Marco it. Marco moment. Yeah, yeah. The, here, informed consent kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Here's, also, the yeah. fact that we learned that his mother is uh, uh, an immigrant was pretty cool. Yeah. They Which get I the job done. Knew, but apparently I just remembered it from this. Um, but yeah, then he's like, and you have to be out in two hours. And he's like, why? He's like, me to buy this. Yep. <laughs> Who's not just a bird. No, I, I had that same thought when Marco was going through all this stuff. And I'm like, well, you know what? Finally. And you know what? This kid's going to react terribly to it. But if they hadn't told him everything, then something would have gone wrong later. Where he would have yeah. found out something that he shouldn't have found out. And then Marco takes him to the payphone. And he's like, okay, look. And then he hangs up on his dad. And he's like, just watch. Just watch. And then you hear the dad say, hey, we got to find this little kid. And, and yeah, it's just, I really like that scene. Yeah, everything gets laid out for him. Except for the stupidity of, well, we took him back to Jake's house instead. Yeah, yeah. Not exactly right. The only known no. household to have an actual controller. <laughs> yeah. But okay. Alright. Anything else y'all want to add? Uh, I want to hit one thing before we wrap up. Sure. We had a listener message about something I said in the last episode that uh, was pointed out could have sounded uh, certainly unintentionally transphobic. I mentioned... Tobias is in a bird's body and is a bird was 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 at least how it came across. Uh, no, that's that's not what I meant, and and I was sloppy in language and apologize for that. Uh, identity is valid. I think Tobias does identify as a bird, but that's not the point here. Honestly, just I don't read Tobias as metaphor for that uh, in part, but also I was sloppy with wording. Um, a person's physical body does not have anything to do with their gender identity. I just want to make that clear. So. Cool. Yep. All right. We'd like to thank Christina Spinks for our show art. If you're interested in getting some cool art from her, email her at c.spinks.animator at gmail.com or visit her at chaosdoesart on Instagram. Why have we not changed this yet? Peep our social meds at Minds at Yurk on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to send us questions, comments, or love letters, you can email us at mindsatyurk at gmail.com. Website is mindsatyurk.com, spell yurk, Y-E-E-R-K. If you like us and want to help us out, rate, review us on Apple Podcasts, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean. And let and us know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interject oh, yeah, real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about this. We are on Spotify now. 
And also, uh, by the time this goes live, it might have it might have ended. But right now, as we record, at least you get bonus points on Podcoin for listening to us. Yeah, I guess we can't make the joke about Spotify knowing what they did anymore. Well, I mean, what they did was we did on Panelology for sure. I don't know. Uh, Is that where I heard it? Oh, yeah. Um, But we're there now. What they did was we weren't there. And now we are, so it's all good. <laughs> all right. But okay. do you think Chapman's going to show up next book? No. You don't miss Chapman? I know I terribly miss Chaplin. No, Chapman, but he didn't show up in this one, so I'm going to assume he doesn't. For this arc, Chapman will be played by Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> <laughs> or if not Charlie Chaplin, Broadway actor Rob McClure as Charlie Chaplin. There you go. He originated the role of Charlie Chaplin and Chaplin, Tim. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yes, there was a Broadway musical about Charlie Chaplin. Okay. There was a movie about Charlie Chaplin, too, I think. There was, yes. Yes. What was that was that Robert Downey Jr., actually, now that I think about it? I think it was. Okay. I actually don't know. Go ahead and pick a line, Alex. Somebody say when. When. You said your name is Marco, right? <laughs> oh, how appropriate for this book. Because it's a Marco book? Because it's a Marco book. All right. <laughs> hey, they can't all be winners. <laughs> I feel like you say that before, that they're actually winners. A lot of large numbers. We get a few winners occasionally. <laughs> all right. I mean, I saw the line above that after that one, and I was a little disappointed. I couldn't say, yeah, it's cauliflower. <laughs> You're right, it was Robert Downey Jr. Hey, all right. Am I going first? Do I say my name first? Oh, okay. (laughs) That's why we're waiting. I wondered. I was like, this is getting weird now. Why isn't Alex going? Okay. Uh, Because you're the one running the episode. I'm Tim. I'm Alex. And I'm Megan. And until then, we To be continued! (laughs) God.